Blog Talk Radio. Time to relax. You know what that means. Time for an episode that will hopefully count as two episodes almost and that we won't have to do this again when we finally do the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And we won't have to watch I'm this movie again, hopefully. <laughs> I'm Kevin Jank. the original Janksters. <laughs> Damn, I tried to time it, but you just kept going. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Someday we'll get the hang of this once we get a real producer <laughs> yep. who could do the fingers and just point. Yep. <laughs> He'll have to be in two states at once, but if he's a good producer, he could do it. Anything could be done. <laughs> So today on the uh, the show, we're going to be looking at Freddy vs. Jason as we finally get near the end of the uh, the Friday the 13th series. We're getting there. Yep. <laughs> we're in spinning distance. Um, then we're going to talk about Weird Al's original songs from the Even Worse album. And hopefully if we get there in time, I made a uh, a bracket that we could do. For a surprise topic. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. So we'll see right. how that goes. I'm it's going to be a lot of tough choices if if we get there. <laughs> I will have to say, At least I'm for me anyway. say probably next weekend, uh, I'm going to try to put together my top ten board games of 2018. So, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, we'll still watch Jason. Because I need to watch Jason X. That needs to be a thing in my life. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it's nearing the end of 2018, and I feel like there's nothing really coming out. Nothing else really coming out besides Dinosaur Island. But I have a feeling that's probably just it's it's going to be on my top ten list anyway. So um, I'll just wait for <laughs> next year for that. Okay. But I don't know exactly when that's coming in. I know it's going to be here in the next few weeks, but I don't want to push it to the end of December to try to knock this out. So. I figure it's my birthday weekend. I'm going to do a sweet, sweet board game top 10 list. Maybe top 15. Nice. I think I'm probably about there in my life. Yeah. After so many years of top 10s, you've got to expand a little bit. Just a pinch. But, all right. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Dude, Freddy vs. Jason. All right. So, yeah, we're finally up to technically Jason X came out prior to Freddy vs. Jason. Um, but obviously that one's set way, way in the future, whereas this one kind of takes place directly after uh, the last one, Jason Goes to Hell, where it, you know, ended with Freddy 
grabbing Jason's mask and pulling him even more down to hell, which he was already in hell, so I don't really understand what the point of that was, but <laughs> it was clearly leading to this big crossover. Ish. Clearly. <laughs> A crossover that wouldn't happen for another 10 years. Um, so I don't know what they were doing in hell all that time. They don't really explore that at all. Um, and it doesn't really come into play. <laughs> Um, but at this point, both Jason and Freddy in their own franchises have been killed off and, you know, were officially supposed to be dead. But this movie kind of brings them both back in uh, kind of an unsatisfying way. <laughs> uh, I'm not completely against this one. I'm not saying it's a good movie, but I don't. <laughs> I w- I'm not going to say I dislike this movie. I think yeah, this I will say this part. one... Yeah, this one's bad, but it's, like, entertainingly bad for the most part. Like, it's not a slog to get through, like, Jason Goes to Hell or even Jason Goes to Manhattan or Part 7. Like, this one's at least... It at least looks good. I got to give it that. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely looks good. This is uh like they put we, I should they say put some money uh, into it. this is the last Freddy Krueger style movie that uh Robert England ever played. So there's that. Yeah. True. Very sad about that. <laughs> yeah, so I did something different with this movie that I haven't done with the other ones because I don't think the other ones do. But I decided to watch this movie with the commentary, which is probably the third time I've ever done that in my entire life. Nice. I started watching so, that commentary actually, and then like I got bored because <laughs> they weren't talking. <laughs> oh really? Oh god damn it, dude! Robert England would not shut up. <laughs> he made so many great comments and everything, dude. It was hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. I should have yeah, stuck man. it out. <laughs> I was gonna say like if, if if it was just Ronnie Yu, the director of this movie, just talking, I probably would have stopped watching. But yeah. Robert England really stole the commentary of this movie, the entirety of this movie. Oh, uh, I believe that. That guy can talk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He can. But all right. Well, let's get into this. That one. is one thing you learn in this movie is like, as good as Jason is, like, Robert England being Freddy is just uh, like really upstaging him at every turn. <laughs> Especially considering this isn't even like Kane Hodder, this is just some other guy being Jason. Um, Jason, you know, doesn't talk, whereas Robert England is just dripping with personality and like he's got like stage presence as compared to Jason, who's just kind of this massive man monster who just kind of lumbers along. He does like the lumber. It's crazy, too, because like I guess uh, we'll get into a couple of things. So I guess. Uh, Obviously, you said that's a different Jason or whatnot, and in this movie, it's pretty much a new kind of makeup for Jason as well. We don't see the hockey mask with the the machete cut or the axe cut in the uh, mask itself. It's pretty much a solid mask. Um, His head on the back isn't, you know, what we're used to. It's just completely black. (laughs) He does show, like, hair and stuff, but it's completely black. And I guess Brian Singer showed up on set the first couple days to kind of take a look at the... Uh, the costume and makeup and everything on the uh, on all the characters. He said, for once, I don't know if I completely agree with this, but he said, for once, somebody has finally gotten and nailed the look of Jason. 
I was like, huh. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with, yeah, the way he looked. He looked pretty good. He didn't have all those crazy tumors like the last one, so that was good. Yeah. Um, like he was just kind of a clean, normal type Jason. Like, like they kind of took him back a couple steps, and I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I don't. I like the black head though, because it just shows that he has been just kind of like rotting after so so much. Yeah. Time. So. <laughs> he's been electrocuted kind of cool. so many times that he's bound to be kind of burned up. Yep. Um. But yeah, uh, I, I'm. I, I like this Jason. He's not a bad, bad Jason. I guess he's normally a, just a stunt man. Just yeah. A very tall stunt man. <laughs> I can see that. It's not like you need a guy who can even read lines. He could be foreign or anything, really, to play Jason. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Doesn't need um, any actual right, training. Well, let's get into the sweet, sweet plot of Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, I will say that this movie is produced by New Line Cinema, so the movie tends to be more... I mean, there's definitely a good amount of Jason in this movie, but it does... It seems to it seems to have been more towards the Nightmare on Elm Street kind of feeling, where a lot of a lot more of the backstory came from the previous Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Where there's even uh, the very beginning of the movie is showing clips from the old Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Nothing from the Friday the Thirteenth movies. <laughs> well, actually, it's, I don't even think it's clips from the old ones. It's redone. Uh, shots, basically kind of mimicking stuff from the first one, but I think that's all new footage. Because it's more Are detailed sure? than what they even show in the first one. I think so. I'm pretty sure. I know that there was the one scene from uh, oh, what's it called? Dream Warriors. That was literally a clip from that movie. Oh, the uh, the yeah, the part with the kid, with the the puppet kid. Uh, well, yeah, the puppet kid and when they were jumping through the mirrors. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up clips from those movies where they didn't do that with... Oh, Friday yeah, that's true. There was that one part. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, where they kind of showed the, the everything that happened and kind of like a clip right. show. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so, true. I mean, they definitely, they definitely stuck around with the rights of that because Nightmare on Elm Street's always been New Line Cinema up until after this movie where it went to Warner Brothers, so... A little, a little different in this movie. It's a different vibe than a normal Friday the 13th movie. But I will say, though, looking yeah. at the commentary and watching this movie made me appreciate probably Friday the 13th a little bit more. Um, I don't know exactly why, because then after this movie, I immediately just started jumping into Death Trap again and trying to rework that game. <laughs> nice. Um, but, yeah, I got really, really super into the mythos. But, anyways, here we go. So uh, this movie starts off with, uh, oh, man, how exactly does it start off? I think, it's, uh, um, I think it starts off oh, with uh, like a, where they re-show Freddy's origin, kind of, where he's got this little girl in his you know boiler room, and he's sharpening his claws and shit, and the parents come and burn him up. Um, and that's, they kind of start out with that, and I think they show a little bit of a clip thing as to what actually, that's when they show that clip show of all the, his different movies. Um, and he's kind of talking about, like, he went away because the children all forgot about him, and that's where he gets his power. So since, the, since nobody remembers him, he can't come back. 
which I mean is interesting and all, and it kind of make would make sense based off of the first Nightmare on Elm Street. But it doesn't really factor in all the stuff that happened afterwards, or they're like, oh, no, it's these, like, <laughs> weird demon things that keep bringing him back to life, like demon worms. And they, like, defeated that, yeah. so it's like, well, he was supposed to be just dead, dead now. <laughs> Whereas people remembering him or not shouldn't really be able to bring him back, but whatever. Solid points, solid points. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't really have anything to say that. I, I like... I like the plot. I think the plot's okay. Well, the beginning of the plot. <laughs> Same with Jason. I, I get. I like. I like the fact that he was like trying to use Jason to cause fear that would bring him back because people would think it was him doing it. That was kind of interesting. But there's no explanation as to why Jason is back. When the last movie we watched, they're like, if you stabbed, if a family member stabs Jason with this knife, he'll never come back. And then now he's just back. <laughs> For no reason. Well, I'll say this. For all the stuff that they had to work with, I think this probably was the best way of going because there's no explanation for any of them to be back probably after their (laughs) second or third movies. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, they had to probably backpedal a little bit just so they can come up with some kind of story to really do a good fan service movie. So I'll give them credit Mm -hmm. for somewhat credit is due because, I mean, it's it's impossible. It's just supposed to be an entertaining flasher movie. There's absolutely no reason why these two are back and now fight. It really is. That's true. So, but anyway, so, all right, so you hear about Freddy talking about all this stuff and saying that he needs to instill fear. He somehow hears about Jason Voorhees and all this stuff. That's not People really gossip funny. in hell. All right. Yeah. Um, so what basically happens in this movie is he, exactly what Kevin said, uh, basically what ends up happening is Jason's dead and he jumps into Jason's dreams, uh, uh, Freddie does, and pretends that he's his mom and says, hey, you need to get up. You need to start killing people on Elm Street and all these shenanigans and blah, blah, blah. blah. Kids on Elm Street have been very naughty. Yep, they've been very naughty. Very dirty, dirty kids. <laughs> So um, so we get we get uh, a nice little uh, I, I like the the animate or not the animation but the uh, the physicality I guess of him actually starting to come back alive. So it shows Jason mm. kind of like re, uh, you know buried, and I like how they showed his heart start pumping and then his lungs inflating during that part. And then he slowly starts to come back to life. Um, it's an interesting mm-hmm. part. I like it. Um, yeah. Yeah, why it's is, pretty why cool. Why is he buried in the ground right there? I don't know. He shouldn't be. He should be <laughs> in hell. But, you know, yeah. tomato, tomato. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So, we're brought. Oh, I will say, at the beginning of this, very, very beginning of this movie, is one of the coolest things I thought that was in this whole movie was uh, when they play, like, the combination of their two different theme songs a little bit. Oh, I didn't even hear that because I guess the commentary must have blocked some of it up. Oh, yeah, they play, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street, so the dun, 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 and then it's like... <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Like all right. Well, 
so now we're brought into I'm trying to remember exactly what happens after that. I think we're on Elm Street. We kind of get introduced to the kids. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, Jason kills some people that were skinny dipping, but that's not really that important oh, yeah. to the plot. No. <laughs> it's just kind of no, his normal Jason thing. Yeah, <laughs> but the good part is we get some boobs lady. early on in the first, like, five oh, minutes. So, so that's always good. There's, there's a good <laughs> amount of boobage in this movie, too, which is just terrific. Just terrific. So, <laughs> um, so we're introduced to some of our characters. Go ahead, Kev. You can explain this part here. Uh, let's see. So we meet up with this blonde girl uh, named Lori, I believe. Um, her friend, <laughs> who who is super hot but has a weird ass name. I, I'm not sure if it's Gib or Jib. I believe they say it different ways in different scenes. <laughs> it's so, Gib, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I remember like after she dies later on, like one the blonde girl says like Gib, and then the next scene they're talking about it, and the black girl's like, I can't believe they killed Jib. Like they literally say it different ways <laughs> within a one minute span of each other. <laughs> That's terrific. That's good movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> quality filmmaking. <laughs> and uh, then they also have another friend uh, who's like a black girl. Um, they're all having like a sleepover. I guess somebody's parents are out or something, uh, and they're having a sleepover. And some guys show up. Um, they're trying to hook up the blonde girl with one of these guys because apparently she had a, an old boyfriend when she was like 13, who she was really in love with, and he just kind of disappeared. And she's, ever since then, she's just kind of been uninterested in dating. She's just kind of, you know, she's been well, pining over him and wondering whatever happened to him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so this new guy is kind of hitting on her, but she's just having none of that, which <laughs> I could totally get because he was kind of a loser. But <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, Jib, the hot one, goes to bang her boyfriend, who's like a total dick for no reason. <laughs> just everything out of this guy's mouth is being, being an asshole. <laughs> I know. It's for some reason, she's just like, oh, man, you're making me hot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> they have sex, and he's just immediately like, I think she just got his, her hand on his chest, and he's like, you know I don't like to be touched after. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right. Terrific writing. <laughs> oh, I like that she also there was a good line when they first show up and she calls him like a cocksmith. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It's like don't be a total cocksmith. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good writing. Good writing. <laughs> oh God. So, so Jim anyways. goes to take a shower after having sex. Uh, and unfortunately, there's a body double <laughs> playing her in the shower, which is upsetting. Oh, I didn't even know that. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 upsetting. <laughs> but while she's taking a shower, her boyfriend gets killed by Jason, who shows up. And this is probably my favorite death in the in the movie. I gotta say is where he just repeatedly stabs the guy with his machete and then folds up the bed in half, like bending the guy yeah. backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it is. I love that part. Yep. 
So and then all the kids start to freak their beans. They're all just screaming and shouting <laughs> and whatnot. Um, one of the coolest parts of the movie is where they go outside and they're screaming and uh, a, the, there's like a deputy outside. He's like, do you guys need some help? And she's like, what do you fucking think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as her hands got, are like, covered in blood. Over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I love that part. Um, oh, that's pretty great. Yeah, that's, that's, that part's so funny. So, anywho, um, yeah, so now we're, uh, there's, like, scenes while I believe they're in the school. Why is, like, I, I just watched it yesterday. I must have just literally been listening <laughs> to the commentary because I remember, like, almost everything that the guys were saying, but I'm having such a struggle trying to remember the order of how everything went. But anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I want to say right after that, they cut to, I think they cut to uh, the sanitarium at this point to check in on the blonde girl's old boyfriend, uh, who apparently has been stuck in the sanitarium since he was like 13. So it's probably been, you know, what, three years or something like that. Uh, he's kind of been locked up here, and he's made this this buddy who's also there, uh, kind of for the same reason. And uh, they're just kind of talking about shit. I think they find out that uh, somebody died at her, the blonde girl's house, and they decide they need to break out and go see if she's okay. Uh, they want to make sure that, that nothing bad's happening to her because they're worried that somebody might be trying to kill her. So they bust out, and I don't even remember how they bust out, other than the one guy acting like a monkey. Uh, yeah. like distracts the guards enough for him to steal his his ID. <laughs> yep. That happens for sure. Um, and then they're always meant to take these pills, which is a good callback to the first Nightmare on Elm Street where it's the hypnoso, oh, which yeah. allows them to sleep yeah. but they can't dream. So um, that's a nice little ditty right there that I liked. Yep. Which the dad, the blonde girl's dad, is also putting in her uh, her breakfast juice. You know, looks like he's trying to Bill Cosby here. Yep. Which makes it seem <laughs> like he's trying to Bill Cosby here throughout the whole movie. In one yeah. way or another. <laughs> just a creeper. He seems like a real creepo. But, yeah, so there's all that fun stuff. And then we go back to the kids at the school now, I believe. Yep. Um, I don't remember anything uh, that here. <laughs> <laughs> I think, though, they meet, they introduce uh, Linderman, who's like this nerdy kid who's got like a crush on the blonde girl. And uh, the, the black girls just kind of always making fun of him, giving him shit. <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah. Then the two escapees from the sanitarium show up to talk to the blonde girl. And she, I forget what happens, but she ends up in, like, the nurse's office. She faints. So he shows up. Yeah, and that's it. Talking to her, and then she's just so shocked that, to see him again because she hasn't seen him in a few years now, but she just straight up passes out. <laughs> they go to the nurse's office. It looks like a fucking doctor's office. There's like magazines on plastic surgery lying around because <laughs> that's something that happens <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot in a school school nurse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> true. True. Meanwhile, the uh, the two guys who have escaped from a sanitarium are just kind of lingering around the school. 
after causing a girl to faint, and nobody seems to like think this is weird at all. <laughs> I think the cops are even there, and like nobody even notices them. <laughs> the ghost. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's um, probably a little too weird, I suppose. There's a lot of lot of yeah. potholes, we'll just say. <laughs> that's for sure. But I think that's about it for that. And then they eventually cut to later on, I think that night, um, they're all at a rave out in a cornfield. <laughs> yeah. So As the, you do. The one chick is, they're trying to get convince the, uh, the blonde girl to get out, kind of meet new guys, stuff like that. And they convince them to go to this rave. Uh, I think the stoner guys are the ones who are like sh- throwing invitations out or whatever. So they go to the rave that's in the middle of this cornfield. The music's just blasting and playing. They're having a good time. Uh, the blonde girl's just sitting on top of a car trying to dance, but she can't because she is a blonde girl. So, uh, <laughs> But everybody else is dancing and raving. There's in, even included, probably the greatest character in the movie, is Glow Sticks Guy. Glow Sticks Guy oh, is with Glow Sticks, and he is just going to town Billy Idol style, with, but with Glow Sticks. So... Um, uh, and then we're we're brought back to we'll just skip uh, skip a little bit because I mean there's a little bit of talking from her old boyfriend he shows up and blah 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 but we'll go to hot girl with hat hot girl with hat oh, yeah. uh, falls asleep and she but we don't know if she's sleeping um, which I like I like that part also in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies particularly this one I feel like they did a bunch in this one but there's oh they did. The movie is like trying to spook you into thinking that they're still awake, but then there's some like some tells where you're like, "Oh, wait, they might be sleeping here," and then they finally, you know, show that they are. But I like that they do that whole like, "Oh, they're awake, just meandering around." Oh no, they were actually sleeping. So I like stuff like that. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah, um, that's that's yeah, true. Uh, she's walking through the corn and finds this like old warehouse kind of thing. And she goes in there, and it looks like just almost like an old boiler room or some, like, old steel mill or something. And as she's kind of meandering through, I don't remember what she's doing in there or what she's even looking for, if she's just exploring or something. But uh, Yeah, Freddy's she's in there. dream world at this point, so God only knows. She's yeah. kind of wandering around. Um, but Freddy's there, and, you know, the big great chase happens, and, you know, he's trying to find her and kill her, and this is where we see Freddy. I think pretty much for the first time in the dreams. Um, so we, we finally get a little showcase. I liked what they did uh, on the steel wall, uh, which was a cool callback to the first Nightmare on Elm Street where his face gets pressed through the wall and is like following her as she's like running down. Yeah. The I love that shit. But yeah, it was pretty so, cool. Uh, uh, we see Freddy and she, it's a big whole chase kind of thing where uh, he's trying to kill her, but he doesn't have enough power yet. So, uh, all, all while all this is yeah, we saw this earlier when uh, he was trying to he was going after one of their friends in the dream. He stretched his arm out like real far, kind of like he did in the first one, to try to stab right. him with like his dream arm. But uh, <laughs> it like went right through him like a ghost. He's like, oh, I don't yeah, have enough. Yeah, the one that they're trying to hook Lori up with. Uh, they're not, uh, oh yeah, the one that they're trying to hook Lori up. I love that effect though on the street. That shadow effect yeah. is so cool. Oh man, that was really it cool. It did look pretty great. Video game. 
but yeah, the shadow gets really big. He's standing at one end of the street, and the shadow gets really big and long, going right towards the kid who's standing in, in the middle of the street. And then the shadow comes off the street in this like weird, smoky Freddy form and tries to stab him right through the chest, but it doesn't work, obviously, because he doesn't have enough power yet. <laughs> so uh, he still has to rely on Jason a few more times. But we're back in the old warehouse. You know, the big chase is happening. And while this is all happening, Billy Idol glow sticks. Uh, he <laughs> is... Uh, He's meandering around the corn and finds this hot, hot girl just passed out in some corn, and he's like, "Well, now I need, I need to get on top of that, I think." So he's trying <laughs> yeah. to, he's trying to build Cosby her his way into uh, some pudding, and um, yep. she's she's still dreaming, she's still running around, and just as Freddie I think is about to stab her, Jason shows up at the cornfield and impales the both of them with, I think, <laughs> some kind of a pole or something. But Yeah, some kind of metal pole. Billy Idol, yeah, but flings <laughs> Billy Idol glow sticks, like, <laughs> over the corn. And you can see, here you get to see how, apparently, how super strong Jason is. But I love, I love when he's flying through the air. Glow sticks are just slowly <laughs> falling off of him. <laughs> uh, That's pretty great. Um, but yeah, this, this yeah. ultimately ends Jason up Jason saved someone from getting raped yet again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's such um, a good dude. <laughs> I don't see the problem here. He, he didn't realize she was underneath. Um, but yeah, she, she ends up, ultimately ends up dying when Freddy's all pissed off now. Um, uh, but that doesn't matter because at this point, Jason is now just going through a straight up awesome massacre thing going on. Where like he, yeah, in in most of the, actually almost every single one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, he's always been a one on one. He's always just like chased after one person. In this movie, he is going to town on a few kids. <laughs> yep, like it is just amazing. They happen as many as physically possible. Uh, so it's pretty much just a chase yeah. on fire, killing everybody. It's just fantastic. Oh, it is. So good. It's like when you didn't think Jason could get any scarier, they light him on fire. <laughs> you just so made good. him so much more badass. <laughs> so all the kids are screaming like and running for their shits lives. on fire. <laughs> I know. He like throws oh, it. Some kid it comes right through his chest. I like that part. Oh yeah, that part's good. I like the thing that started the fire was uh, a kid just threw his drinks at him. <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah. throws his drinks, and then he, uh, and then I think he lights him on fire. <laughs> I didn't realize alcohol was that flammable with his drinks. But I, maybe I the guy was just drinking straight up vodka. Yeah, and I think they said that there was one line where he's like, "Oh man, this Everclear is really getting to me." So I guess Everclear, oh. since it's so strong, is just like super flammable. Yeah, I could see that. All right, that makes sense. Um, all right, so. Uh, Jason's now doing some sweet killings and all that fun stuff. And then uh, we see our characters, I think, flee. And they're all freaking out. Are they all in the same van at this point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we got uh, at this point we got so, the, uh, the blonde girl, the black girl, the nerdy guy. Um, and I think the two, or at least one of the, the asylum kids. I think both the asylum so think, kids are there. And then also Stoner Boy is there because oh, I remember yeah. him. Uh, 
dollar store Jason oh, Mewes. Yeah, it is dollar store Jason Mewes. I do like his <laughs> line in here. Like, what's that goalie's problem? <laughs> that goalie is really pissed off. Oh, I like that word. <laughs> um, but uh, so this blonde-haired girl keeps uh, before this. She kept dreaming of Freddie, I think. And then she starts talking about Freddie, I believe, in the van. And everybody's like, no, that's not Freddie. That's obviously somebody else. This is definitely <laughs> yeah. somebody else. I think this argument's taking place at this point. I can't remember exactly the timeline. But uh, Yeah, I think that's anyway, part of the problem like, with this movie. Is so many of the things, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, honestly, the stuff with Freddie and Jason kind of makes a lot of sense and like it makes sense why he's using Jason to do all this but the stuff with the humans I think is kind of where this movie falls apart and that they're not for the most part very interesting and half the stuff they're doing doesn't make sense and there's not a whole lot of flow well they 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 do exactly what they did with uh uh Jason takes Manhattan is they introduce way too many fucking characters like you do not need this <laughs> yeah. many characters in a movie you know, we had Three girls, two guys, and then two different guys, and now two other different guys. Like, we got the two guys, the boyfriend and the asshole uh, boyfriend, or the wannabe boyfriend, asshole boyfriend, and then they both pretty much died. Yeah. Then we're introduced yep. to uh, actual boyfriend and crazy monkey boy, right. and then those two <laughs> eventually, you know, they're still there, but, and then we're introduced to nerdy boy and stoner boy, and it's just like, what the fuck? We're just Introduced the Wakefield characters in this goddamn movie. <laughs> and I completely yeah, agree. True. That's the thing that bogged this one down. Uh, but anyways, so go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say yeah, like because at one point it's like some of them break off or something. Like I remember the the monkey boy, kind of uh, he gets at some point he for some reason he's in a room by himself. Like I don't even remember like what the impetus for oh, that was but... <laughs> oh okay he was trying to make toilet yeah so they, uh, they take the van <laughs> why does the bathroom have house. windows uh, I don't know some bathrooms have windows <laughs> but it was like a clear window that you could definitely look in because like him and the member the, the boyfriend and the blonde girl are like looking they see him die oh yeah because he was in the bathroom and he was going all crazy and then he ends up leaving the bathroom because I think his back was – oh, yeah, his back was set on fire. So he wasn't in yeah. the bathroom to make pee. He went to sleep. That's what it was. And in his dream, he oh. went into the bathroom. <laughs> and then uh, we see him talk to his dead brother that was in uh, the bathtub. And we find out that it was Freddie Freddy mocking his brother and all this fun stuff. And then at the end of that sequence, uh, his back – his back is, uh, or his stomach, or chest is up against the wall, and Freddy's just clawing into him, and it sets his back on fire. And then he wakes up, and uh, Jason Ritter, I think is the name, whoever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Ritter's kid. Yeah, Jason Ritter. Yeah. Uh, he, he and his girlfriend uh, – see him pretty much just burning alive and I can't remember what the kid says says something just before he it's uh, his back movie. says Fre- Freddy's back is like written on his back oh, that's right. and, and uh, burns which is pretty fucking cool I like right. that part yeah that part is cool um so yeah so we're 
we see that happen. But, yeah, so now all the kids are pretty much in a giant circle trying to figure out exactly what to do and how to t- try to take care of this. They're all trying also, I don't know where how they pulled this one out of their ass, but they're all also <laughs> trying to figure out exactly uh, what's going on, like why is this happening. And then one of them pulls yeah. out the exact plot points of this movie somehow, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty impressive. Maybe yep. pretty, but that's some good deductive reasoning. Still fair. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Impressive. Someone read all the script. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, they, they all come up with the idea of, uh, well, they need the hypno so that so they can stop dreaming or whatever. And I believe at some. Oh no! Yes. Yeah. 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 They, and. They also go to uh, well, they go to the hospital where the uh, the, the kids, the two uh, the two boys, yeah, and, the sanitarium um, place. Yeah, so they go there to try to get the hypnocell plus some, I think, some sleeping drugs or whatever, because they end up uh, putting Jason to sleep. But yep, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so they get there <laughs> and they're meandering around and. One by one, it seems like just everybody just keeps randomly falling asleep for some reason. <laughs> so, um, Stoner Boy has one of the worst Freddy appearances Oof. probably in the series. It's pretty <laughs> yeah, bad. This is brutal. So, so uh, Stoner Boy falls asleep and he's dreaming about smoking that sweet, sweet ganj where Freddy shows up <laughs> as I'm pretty sure the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. So yeah, that was like my impression as well. Slugging his way through and then smoking hookah and then blows it in Stoner <laughs> Boy's face. He's like, oh, shit, give me some of that. And then Caterpillar wobbles away, and then he chases after Caterpillar, where Caterpillar eventually goes inside of Stoner Boy and starts <laughs> controlling him. Um, but the Caterpillar looked like complete ass. <laughs> this is the worst bad. stage of CGI. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, so uh, Stoner Boy uh, knows that they don't. Uh, that well, Freddy knows that they're about to take the hypnocell, so he tells the Stoner Boy, "Hey, let's uh, let's dump all that shit." So they dump all the hypnocell. They all start freaking out, and then during this time, uh, Jason shows up. So the kids are putting the sleep serum together, where it's two <laughs> giant syringes. And uh, they hand him the stoner boy. I don't know. I care. Some of this is just convoluted. But Jason shows up. They're yeah. all running away. Stoner boy just standing there because he. Uh... Oh wait a minute. I think Stoner boy is the one who filled up the sleep. He jumps out on the pills. Yeah, because. Yeah, because Freddy is controlling his mind, so it makes him dump out all the pills down the drain and shit. I think he fills the syringes though. Because it's Jason or uh, Freddie controlling him, so he wants to put Jason to sleep. Oh, okay. I think that sounds that's about what right. That is because that, I don't think the kids do it. I don't know what the fuck the other kids were doing. I don't know how this fucking <laughs> stoner boy with Freddie inside of him knew where all this stuff was even at. <laughs> None of this makes sense. <laughs> while all the other kids are looking for hypno still. But anyways. So Jason shows up. All the kids are running down the hallway, minus Stoner Boy. Stoner Boy's like, uh, "I've got this bitch." And then he stands in the middle of the hallway, just as Jason is about to slice him in half. 
he jabs both needles into Jason's neck, squirting that sweet, sweet juice into him, but Jason's still awake just long enough to cut him in half, which also is a really cool effect where he kind of just is mm-hmm. sliced in half and he kind of just does this cool, like, twisting motion where he just falls to the ground in two pieces. Um, <laughs> but eventually, Jason falls asleep. They throw Jason into their van and... At some point before this, uh, Lori, I think actually while they were still in the house discussing the plot of the movie, she fell asleep and then runs into Freddy and then learns that she could bring things back from the dream world as long as she's holding on to him because she grabs his ear. (laughs) So we're learning some of that as the movie goes on. For apparently people who have never seen any other Nightmare on Elm Street movie, we have to <laughs> yeah. do some. You haven't seen the first one where Nancy tried the same thing. Yep. So anyway, so they realize uh, Jason's now sleeping, and they know what what's kind of going on. Where uh, they're on their way to Camp Crystal Lake. Do we know why? <laughs> what's the point of that? <laughs> That's a good, very good question. Um. I don't know that they ever say. Unless they're just like, well, he's got to be strong enough to beat Freddy, so we got to take him to where he's the strongest. I feel like maybe they said that at some point, but other than I don't, that, know. I don't know why. I think he was the strongest in Manhattan. And how close is Elm Street to Crystal Lake? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You'd think this would be like a couple, you know, several hours away. Well, anyways... So uh, Jason starts <laughs> dreaming, and he's now in uh, Freddy's Freddy's world, which is so cool. I love this whole part of this movie. Yeah. The, the, the last act of this movie is by far the best part of this movie because it really doesn't have to do with the kids. It's just this really cool part with Jason versus Freddy, and it's great. So Jason mm-hmm. enters uh, Freddy's world, and Freddy is just fucking with this guy. He's trying to kill him, but nothing's really <laughs> killing him. He plays ping pong with his body in this warehouse, but that's not killing him. Um, they're doing everything, or he's doing everything by slamming him into shit, like doing all this stuff. It's it's so it's so fun to watch. But that's Jason, Jason cuts Freddy's arms off at one point, but they just grow right back. Yeah, um, but after all this bouncing around this warehouse, there's some uh, there's a a pipe filled with water, and it comes right in between Jason and Freddy. Jason goes to swing at Freddy again, but stops at the water. And one of the things that Robert England really liked about this movie was uh, it wasn't just Freddy versus Jason. It was also fire versus water, which is just that epic, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of tale. And it made sense to me because, yeah, Freddy had to do with fire, you know, with the uh, boiler room and all that stuff, where Jason died in the water. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, um, I like that part. I don't like the part where Jason's just like deathly afraid of water now. When this was never established in his movies, like he killed people in the water all the time. Yeah, I, I think it's enhanced because I don't think he's afraid of the water, but because it's his dream, maybe this is something that makes him afraid of the water. Because I, I don't think that it, he's scared of it. But I would say it's maybe something that kind of haunts him. Because even when they go to his actual dream, his actual nightmare that if we ever saw Jason dream, uh, it's where he's bringing one of the camp counselors 
back to his room and then throws throws her in the closet filled with just people in water, just dead people in water. I think this is something that, yeah. ma- I mean, I'm def- I'm digging deep on this, trying to make some sense out of it, but <laughs> I think that it's, I think it works. I, I'm not against it. I think it's uh, something that works. It's something that would haunt them, I think. Maybe not. Yeah, I can kind of see that. But haunt them. Yeah, if it's in his dream, uh, I can kind of see that being his, you know, his nightmare for sure. And I like that they did try to get into Jason's head a little bit with that kind of stuff. And they show, like, weird kind of dream flashbacks to Camp Crystal Lake where the kids are bullying him and stuff like that, which I don't think they ever mentioned in the other ones. I mean, I'm sure they mentioned that he was bullied and stuff, but I don't remember them mentioning the whole reason he was in the water is because they basically drove him into there. (laughs) And he couldn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, basically they chased him into the water. Yeah. I like that. Got a little backstory from a movie that didn't even have probably the 13th in the title. So, um, yeah, somebody had a good idea for once. So uh, we have, uh, <laughs> so we have the whole dream sequence going on, and uh, there's a scene where you know they're doing the whole backstory, and Jason, I think, is a little boy because it's still like his nightmare or dream sequence. And Freddy yeah. pulls him down under the water and is slowly drowning him. Well, while this is happening, inside the band, Jason is actually drowning. Now, here's where, again, with these kids, <laughs> it's, it's just trash. You can yep. see the water coming out of Jason's mouth, all right? Or out, <laughs> yep. from behind his mask. I know exactly mask, what though, you're going to say. From behind his mask. So they, they're like, oh, no, he's drowning. We need to give him CPR. Now, there's, there's two things I find completely wrong with this. One. Yeah, we need to do mouth-to-mouth, I believe is what they say. Oh, that's, I think As that's well. true. <laughs> there's two things that happen in the scene that just doesn't make any sense. One, the one-handed uh-huh. kid is like, uh, I can't. I've had asthma since I was six. Which brings up one of the greatest <laughs> lines I've ever heard in my life. Where Jason Redder turns around and he's like, he can't. He's got asthma. <laughs> I know, it's so great. <laughs> oh God, it's so funny. The second thing, the second thing is, is you can't give somebody mouth to mouth while they're drowning. Yeah, well, water <laughs> is coming up work. out of them. <laughs> but, You're just gonna blow the water back down into his lung again. <laughs> But Destiny's Child removes his mask, and he's still cutting up, or coughing up some of that water. And while this is happening, he kind of comes to, and he starts freaking out. Um, and he almost gave Destiny's Child a little bit of mouth-to-mouth. I think that that was something he was interested in, maybe. Um, but uh, he comes comes to, freaks everybody out. Jason Ritter hits hits the side of the road, flipping the van over throwing Jason out of the van. So I do that. like that. They, uh, they, were, they were trying to help Jason, basically, in the fight against Freddy. But as soon as he comes to again, he's, he just gives no fucks. He's like, I'm going to kill you guys. <laughs> I know. Which is good. That's Jason. He doesn't give shit. Yep, it's true. Unless, <laughs> unless you're dressed the up character. either as his mother or as Corey Feldman bald, he ain't going to give any fucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Jason right there. 
<laughs> wow, fuck you, Jason. So um, <laughs> we're uh, we're brought we're brought to Camp Crystal Lake where they're running to. The kids are running too, but at this point, nobody gives, nobody gives a fuck about these kids pretty much. Um, man, how'd they? Oh, Lori's sleeping. They give Lori a, <laughs> yeah. a sleeping thing. They put her trying under. to wake her. So she's trying to go back into the dream world to pull Freddy out so they could fight each other? Oh, no, so she yep. can kill him for, for good. That's what it was. So she's down there in dreamland, but she's really heavily seduced or sedated. She could be seduced. So, um, yeah, Jason or Freddy was trying to seduce her, which yeah. uh, um, as much as we give the reboot like shit for making Freddy kind of a pedophile, I feel like this movie was definitely heading that way too. <laughs> I don't know if he's a pedophile. I just think he likes attractive women. I'm not going to lie, though. After listening <laughs> to the commentary, I think it's not even Freddie. I'm pretty sure it's Robert England. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think he's a pedophile, but boy, oh, boy. He's, the whole, the whole latter, latter half of that uh, commentary was just him like, yeah, I, can't wait. I, I couldn't wait to put my tongue in there. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Where is the commentary oh, no. going? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ronnie, you step in. <laughs> no way. So, anyways, um, uh, we get probably the coolest shot during the stream sequence, though, with Freddie and Lori, where she is on the docks because she wakes up or takes Jason away. So, Freddie flies up from the water where she's sitting on the docks, and the whole sky is red. And mm. he jumps out of the water like. I don't know, like probably about like 10, 10 to 15 feet out of the water, and it's just like slowly falling down on top of Lori. I love that shot so much, man. It's so badass. Yeah, that was anyway. pretty cool. Oh, it's so, so good. <laughs> Freddy's got like those Jedi jumps. Yeah, he does. The Jedi jumps. <laughs> it's only when he's really sick. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so she grabs a hold of Freddy, and uh, they're, they're like, tossing and turning and all these shenanigans. I'm not going to get the whole dream, but eventually um, uh, all the kids wind up in the cabin where the cabin starts to slowly uh, start on fire because Jason's there and he knocks over a uh, a can of gasoline and uh, there's a fire that just ignites this cabin. Well, during this whole moment, they're still tossing and turning in dreamland. She's still trying to pull him through while Jason Ritter uh, accidentally drags her hand while trying to pull her away through some fire, which finally wakes her up, which pulls Freddy through. And uh, now we're finally there at Heaven's Gate uh, with two of them standing (laughs) in this cabin ablaze, and the standoff begins. So we see the two of them fighting like crazy. Now they're in Jason's world. I know, I know. And he's going to town. He's just hack it and slash him with his machete, but Freddy's still apparently a kung fu master, so he's doing all these punches and kicks <laughs> and abs. So they're doing all this cool stuff. But Jason doesn't want any part of it, so he just takes Freddy and slams him through a window and then drags him through all the windows in the whole cabin, which <laughs> I love that part. You see how powerful it is. It's so fucking great. Um, so he just drags him and 
blast them through all these windows and stuff like that. And the kids get out of there. Um, is it be? Oh, it had to have been before this. Before, while they're running through the woods, we see nerdy, uh, uh, the black girl die. You know, I don't even remember when any of this. Uh, no, she. Well, I'll just say, yeah, the nerdy kid dies first. He gets thrown like Jason, I think, or knocks him off. He kind of throws him off, and he ends up getting impaled on like some uh, shelving, right. you know, piece of metal that was on the wall. And so he slowly yeah. dies as the black girl kind of leaves him to go find the uh, the other two. <laughs> Which leads to one of my favorite parts where, uh, like, like Freddy is cornered the other two, and then the black girl shows up, and he's just like, oh, dark meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah, and then she starts talking shit to him, which kind of, like, makes Freddy back up slowly. But I don't know if he was backing up slowly because she was talking shit to him or he was just like, I know what's coming. Because it literally maybe 10 seconds after all the shit talk, he like, he's got this like weird like face. He's just like very creeper in this mode. And then he kind of lifts up his claw finger and it's like pointing behind her. And then Jason just like hits her so hard with the machete. <laughs> it had to have been with like the side of the machete because she goes flying. <laughs> And then smashes yeah. into a tree. Oh, man. That part is so hilarious. <laughs> because it wasn't with the... It couldn't have been with the blade because she is not cutting half. She just goes flying. Straight flying yep. through the air. Um, that scene is great. That's so, pretty awesome. We find out Blackie dies and then also uh, Nerdy nerdy Boy dies. Um <laughs> And I think that's the last two kills pretty much in the movie, uh, minus... Yeah, no, it's pretty much great epic them battling now. They're, so, uh, apparently uh, they're building a new resort at Camp Crystal Lake for some god <laughs> unknown reason. Like, why you'd build something at Camp Crystal Lake at this point is beyond me. They never learn their lesson. But there's so, <laughs> apparently a lot of construction going on. So uh, Freddy kind of... Decides to take advantage of this by using all the construction stuff against Jason, which is so good. He uses the uh, the cylinders as torpedoes. He's using this, yeah. uh, like I think he shows up on top of the shelf, uh, the rebar the scaffolding, and knocks down a yeah. bunch of rebar, which impales Jason into the ground for a little bit. He's not dead or anything, obviously, but he's just kind of stuck there because he was just given the spike trap. So. <laughs> Basically, one of the cool – I like this, and they say the same thing in the, uh, the commentary. When Freddy cuts that giant, uh, like, cement bucket thing where it's just bouncing mm-hmm. off all the walls, he said in most horror movies or things like this, you'll see it hit, like, the bad guy once, but you always wonder, why didn't it ever come back? Like, why didn't it, <laughs> why didn't it just, like, hit him once and then just bypass him and then you never see this wrecking ball again? Where in this movie, the thing yeah. is just bouncing all over the place in the wrecking ball. It's like a crazy – video game where there's, there's this crazy wrecking ball obstacle you're trying to avoid while also trying to complete this mission. <laughs> so, like, Jason's <laughs> stuck to the ground. This wrecking ball just keeps hitting Jason, and then Freddy jumps down. Oh, no. He tries to hit the, uh, this, like, because Jason is now stuck to the ground in front of this, uh, let's say, slide. 
lack of better words. <laughs> and on top of the slide, there's a giant uh, cart filled with dirt, it looks like. And uh, Freddy tries to get that to come down and hit Jason, but it gets stuck because of the wrecking ball just bouncing around. So it gets stuck on one piece of the track. So it, um, he's trying to push it down, but the wrecking ball, I think, hits him off of it. So he's just down there now mm-hmm. just slashing away at Jason. And then eventually the wrecking ball gets wedged into the edge of the scaffolding and the slide to where it finally lets the cart free. And it bounces into the, both of them, just knocking them over towards the lake. I think onto the dock or close to the dock or whatever. Yeah. They kind of slash um, each other some more on the dock. <laughs> Nobody really doing of, much damage. Yep, no damage is being done. Just a lot of slashing, a lot of hacking. I mean, there's some damage. I mean, Jason <laughs> does lose his fingers, um, which yep. brings a really cool scene where he just, like, looks at his fingers as they're bleeding, and he's just like, oh, shit, I lost my fingers. <laughs> um, <laughs> you made me bleed my own blood. Um, but now we're brought back to the boring kids where they take a whole bunch of I think gasoline or I don't know the propane which doesn't even come in a liquid form out of those canisters I don't understand (laughs) but they're just uh, they're spreading it all over the place and then they light it on fire exploding uh, the propane and all this gasoline and everything's just on fire now the two of them are still going at it still fighting but they're like blown off into the water uh, actually, no, the explosion happens, and then they're blown into the water. And then uh, the kids are on the dock. I don't remember why. but then Yeah, because they're like stupid. Behind, Instead of trying to just run away. The leg scene, as one of them slowly arises from the water and starts walking towards them, and it's made to make you think that it's Jason, because all you see is a pant leg and a machete. But lo and behold, yeah. it's Freddy with a machete dun, dun, dun. minus one arm because Jason had cut it off <laughs> before the explosion. So he's got mm-hmm. the machete. He's about to kill him. And then just as he's about to guillotine their, their foreskins off, here comes <laughs> Jason, Freddy Krueger's claw hand right through <laughs> the chest. And they both yeah. fall into the water. Both pretty much defeated. Because <laughs> yeah. none of them killed those kids. So I can't say that anybody from this match. So then, uh, even though if we've learned anything from these movies, you can't kill them by just like doing that kind of thing. You have to do some kind of crazy bullshit. That's the only way to really defeat them. So you know that neither of them is really dead because hacking and slashing them yep. never works. <laughs> never, never, ever. So then, there's got to be some weird is, spell or uh, that's pretty something. much where we see the last of the two kids. We never. see see or hear from them (laughs) ever again after the scene. Yeah, which is weird because usually there's always that scene where they're in the hospital and they're like, oh, you know, where's where's Tommy at? Or, oh, Nancy, you're crazy now. It's always just (laughs) weird thing where you get something. Yeah, so, but not this case. That's the last we see of those kids and then the movie pretty much ends where uh, the morning arrives there's smoke on the water because of the fire and all that stuff. So it just looks like this fog. Uh, almost looks like weird, like, purgatory slash heaven kind of dealio, where just <laughs> as uh, the screen slowly starts to pan out, we see Jason arise from the water, and in his hand, well, his nubby hand, his fingerless hand, <laughs> he's got Freddy's head. And it looks like Freddy's dead. But then Freddy wings yeah. at the camera. And then 
Ronnie <laughs> Yu or Wu or whatever, the director says, it's up for interpretation. We didn't want one of them to win over the other one. We didn't. You can't kill these two unstoppable forces. So it's up to you <laughs> on whoever you think wins. And I was like, I guess that's a good way of ending it. So I, I was glad I don't. Uh, I hate that that, it, that rationale. I, I uh, want a winner. Because <laughs> everything, I feel like everything that does that is always like that. There's never a winner to anything, which is just kind of bullshit. <laughs> wow, calm down there, you Republican swine. <laughs> <laughs> I want a winner. <laughs> I don't want, oh, you know, it's open to interpretation. No, no, no. Somebody wins. Somebody loses. I don't even care which one it is, but somebody's got to win. <laughs> I just don't know how you can kill either one of them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, neither of them are going to be ever fully dead, but I want, you know, at least somebody somebody to claim this victory. <laughs> I would say if anybody claimed the victory, it'd probably be Jason, because he's more yeah. he's more of a full body guy. He's more of a full body guy. He got but, that full stab in with uh, with Freddie's hand. That kind of led yeah. gave them enough time to cut his head off. <laughs> but that's the crazy thing about the two of them is Jason's more of a physical thing, where Freddie's more of a mental thing. So it's just. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I, to me, I'm glad that it's open for interpretation. So I don't know who the fuck would win that match. Neither one of them, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it very much depends where they're fighting. Like, obviously, in Dream World, Freddy wins hands down. In the real world, Jason would win hands down. So it's kind of like, well, it depends. <laughs> yeah. It did make Jason seem more Superman in this movie, though. Than in the other movies, yeah. he's always been kind of stronger. But this one, I mean, Billy Idol glow sticks, man, that guy went flying. There's no reason for him to be that strong. <laughs> That's true. He is. He's usually strong, but uh, they might have cranked it up even more just for this, which I'm not against. <laughs> and I'm not even against. Yep, I'm not against it either. He needs to be a force to be reckoned with. Now, I mean, a lot of people, it seems like, criticize this movie for not... I remember the Nostalgia Critic was like, oh, it's not like for like an hour, 15 minutes in before they finally start fighting or something like that. But, I mean, I don't see as that being a problem because you couldn't just have them hacking and slashing each other for the full, like, two hours. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That would just be ridiculous. Nobody really getting injured to just, like, cutting each other. That would be stupid. So I don't really have a problem with that aspect of this movie. It's just... The human stuff wasn't very good. <laughs> I guess that's the problem. No. I will say, I like, like I said before, I like the plot. I like how they brought the two of them together. To me, it made sense. It doesn't make sense that they're alive. They've died a seven <laughs> yeah. times, nine times, ten times each by this point. <laughs> but that's what these movies are. They're supposed to be way over the top. But even with an over-the-top movie like this, I like the plot that they brought together. I thought that that was a good idea. Even though it's been proven wrong in previous movies that none of this shit would make any sense anyways, it's still a good idea, and I think it was good for what it was. Now, I agree with you. Yeah, the, Humans the, the premise is interesting. were ass. I hated <laughs> all the actors and actresses in this movie besides 
Cat Girl. I like Cat Girl. She was very attractive. Oh, yeah. I found her <laughs> very attractive. Uh, Agreed. Fact, she was actually supposed to be playing the lead. And yeah, I saw that. And then they like yeah. eliminated that character altogether <laughs> and gave her this other yeah. character. Yeah. They loved her so much because she was, uh, I guess she was in that movie, Ginger Snaps, and it's some other movie. Yeah. Um, and they really enjoyed her acting and all that stuff, and then gave the shit. And uh, the guy who played Mark, <laughs> I think his name was, or Jason Ritter, mm-hmm. um, he was supposed to be a Hispanic part. It's supposed to be a Mexican part, but they loved Jason Ritter so oh. much. I don't know why or how, because yeah. he was the worst thing in very the good. movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's definitely not wanna, as good as his father. <laughs> no, I don't want to poo-poo on John Ritter, but your son needed a little bit more training. <laughs> there's a, the part that makes me cringe so hard about his acting is when she, she asked where... Uh, Lori asks Mark where he's been all this time. And he said, oh, I've been in the hospital because, well, because one night when I was sneaking in, I I, I went apparently to your mom and dad's room or something. I don't remember. Or no, maybe he was looking <laughs> I don't know how I got dad. that wrong. He's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I saw your dad killing your mom. <laughs> and he laughed afterwards. Like, what the fuck? Laughing matter, son. I don't like anything that that kid brought to this movie. It was trash. No. So, <laughs> He's pretty God, rough. So bad. But anyway. <laughs> like the monkey kid was um, better. I like that monkey kid. He's played in a few other horror yeah. movies that I really like as well. I agree. I and I wish he like the... I wish his brother was in it more. I like that guy. I know I've seen him in other things, but I can't think of what... Yeah, like a Christmas story. Oh, really? That's the oh the Scott Farkas kid. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yep. Yeah, his brother's great. I like Damn, him. that's cool. A couple of movies. Oh, I also saw on a uh, on a website that there was an alternate ending. I don't think they actually filmed it, but it was in the script at some point, where like Jason and Freddy would continue their fight in hell. Which obviously right there would be oh. amazing, and then their fight would get interrupted by Pinhead. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. That'd be that fucking would awesome. Be amazing. Oh my god. Yeah, that would be a now. great ending. Oh, horny boy now. <laughs> Damn. Now that I mean, would have been an ending, man. That would have been the yeah. best ending ever. That would have been so epic. That would have got a huge pop from the audience. Oh, my God. That would be... Why? Why can't we make these things happen? I know. Why would you take that out? Like, if you had the actual... If you could have done that, unless it was like a rights thing, which I don't... I'm not sure if New Line Cinema did Hellraiser or not, but... Like, fuck. Just do it. No, they didn't. (laughs) People would love it. That would be great. They would. I know... Uh, so a couple of the fun things from the commentary was the uh, first thing was is, uh, Robert England's heard pretty much since the first Nightmare on Elm Street because uh, obviously Friday the 13th came up before that. First Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street, they've always heard he's always heard that they should do a Freddy versus Jason, which is 
funny, mm-hmm. but he's like, it's cool to do a Freddy versus Jason, but I've never been paired up with anybody else. It's never been Freddy versus Mike Myers or Freddy versus Leatherface. It's always been mm-hmm. Freddy versus Jason. And I thought that that was interesting because if you think about it and kind of dig deeper, that is the best, the better pairing because it is, I mean, Mike Myers is an unstoppable force, I guess, but he's never proven yeah. to ever, like, it, nothing's ever said yet. It's just a dead guy walking around. It's always just been one guy who just seems to be almost impossible to kill. Where Jason, he's just straight up dead. He's died many times. Yeah. Uh, in many different ways. And it is just two dead guys who just slash kids. They, they seem to have that's similar true. victims. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Um, huh. And then the other thing yeah, that they said like that. Uh, that they were talking about was, oh, what was the other thing they were saying? Oh, you know how, like, in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, there were the things that some, some of the things that Freddy would do kind of comedically, but it was almost like that. I don't know. It was almost like that cringy, like, oh, man. But it wasn't really cringy. But it would be, like, kind of comedic. No, not that point. Especially in that first one, it was, like, the long arms. He had the big, long arms walking down the middle of the street. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. But he said, as the movie's gone on, he's always kind of had that sinister, like, comedic portion of him. Um, And he said that Wes Craven hated that. He hated how that character ended up being more funny than anything else. But Robin Englund's like, I I think that's how... I don't think... He was meant to be that funny. And I think it would have been better if he didn't go that funny because it made the movies more goofy. Yeah, I think they took uh, it a little time. too far. Like, I would have still made him funny, but maybe they took it a little too far. <laughs> like, where he's using a power glove and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that's maybe a little now, bit, you know. <laughs> that was probably a little too much. Yeah, I agree. Um, but... Robert England's two favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movies was the first one and the seventh one, even though he knows the fan favorites are the third one, and I think he said something else. I can't remember the other one. But wow. I agree. He didn't like three? He's, well, I don't think he disliked them. I think he Not liked as much. them all, but he says his favorites are the first and the seventh one, and it's mainly because Wes Craven was the one behind both of those. Oh, yeah, I can see that. That definitely makes so, sense. It's interesting. Interesting indeed. Yeah, um, but yeah, cool. All right, let's get to your your topics of the day. Yeah, I guess let's do the categories. Obviously, I mean, best looking girl. I don't think we have to even argue on this one. It's going to be good old Catherine Isabel, aka Jib. Oh, who? Oh, Gib. <laughs> yeah. She's she's just the best. I love that girl. Like I'll watch anything she's in. There's been a bunch of Netflix movies that I'll watch just because I saw her name on there. Most of them not that good, but sometimes you get a good one. Like American Mary, that one's pretty good. Um, I don't. She think was also I ever in like the final. Watching her in anything else? Oh really? She's uh, she's yeah. definitely been in some stuff. She was in like the last season of Hannibal as like a bigger character. Interesting. Yeah, so it's always good when you see her pop up. Um, so best looking final up. girl. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> we got Rennie yeah. from uh, 
Jason takes Manhattan or Lori from this one. Um, I think I'd have to go with Rennie. Hold on, I gotta remember what she even looks like. Jason takes Manhattan. Give me a second. <laughs> yeah. So I'm probably, gonna, little, uh... I'm probably gonna agree with you, but I need to see it. Takes Manhattan. <laughs> Jason bakes Manhattan. He just smokes a lot of weed. And everyone else gets a contact. Oh, yeah. I remember her. Yeah, no, I'm going to stick with her. She's got that, like, nerdy slash, yeah, I'm still cute. I like her curls and her perm. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That cool 80s perm. (laughs) Got to have it. (laughs) Um, I guess best kill, we should probably do two of them. We'll do one for Jason and one for Freddy. Ah, touche. Hmm. Well, the um, Jason, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to go with the bed one. Yeah, that one's probably the best one for sure. Um, who the hell did Freddy even kill? <laughs> I know. I feel like everyone he did kill was just kind of like, they just got slashed, maybe. <laughs> or what? Like, yeah, he I almost can't even think of who people, he actually killed. I don't, uh, he, no, he didn't even kill the, uh, the stoner guy, because Jason killed the stoner guy. Yeah. Um, oh, he, no. I was going to say he killed the black girl, but he didn't do that. Um, oh, I guess the kid with the Freddy's back. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Well, I mean, I think we have only one choice. <laughs> I literally surprisingly he didn't do a lot. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't even talk about that in the comments yet because he showed up a bunch, and I loved his dream sequences and stuff like that. But yeah, I, as far as kills, I don't think he killed really anybody besides yeah. uh, Ronnie or I think his name was. Or uh, like he killed first, yeah the brother and the mom, but really just by making the one guy slit his wrists or making the dad. Kill her, kill the wife with a knife. But Freddie wasn't yeah. really doing a whole lot. Let's see. <laughs> he was slacking. I don't think he was slacking. He did bring Jason back from the dead. He tried <laughs> to kill a lot of people, but Jason would either kill him for him or get there before him. Yeah. Okay. Oh, anyways. Well, and I think that was a good kill, anyway. Um. Yeah, that was pretty great. At least the end, especially where he saw his back like that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, best right. character? <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to just go Freddy Krueger, I guess. <laughs> uh, I would say either Most of Freddy the humans Krueger weren't that interesting. Or Billy Idol glow sticks is probably where I'm at. <laughs> Just because you like seeing his glow sticks fly off. <laughs> that, that part was so great. Just, he picks it up that was pretty good. flying through the air like a Looney Tune. His glow sticks are just slowly raining from the sky. <laughs> his dancing was amazing. And I liked his intention. I mean, I don't know if I'd go as far as rape. His but intentions. I'd probably get, try to get with that girl. <laughs> I mean, I would probably wait till she was conscious. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Right, right, right. I, I would wait. Like, hey, my name is Billy Idol Glow Sticks. Uh, your hat girl, do you want to do in the corn? 
<laughs> I saw on some uh, website that apparently the whole her wearing a hat thing was like in tribute to uh, like one of the characters from Carrie. Really? Yeah. And then there was like, oh, this is kind of ironic because uh, Catherine Isabel ended up being in like the 2002 version of Carrie. <laughs> the like made for TV one. Oh, oh weird. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's a little, a little nuts. That is nuts. I do like kicking baseball <laughs> caps, though. That's what did it for me with her. She's in a baseball yeah. cap. I think I like her. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, of the entire series, she's still, she's probably my favorite <laughs> that we've looked at of all these movies. Damn. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, there are some other good ones, like, on you that. know, that. That one girl in two who's always wearing like the short outfits and like the twins in four, but yeah. But I don't know. I think Catherine Isabel's my favorite. Oh my gosh. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. That hat really does it to me. (laughs) I'm with you on that one. All righty. So, all right. What else we got? Well, I guess next up we're up to uh, Weird Al's album from, I believe, 88. Um, this was the even worse album. There, This one, there's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of originals here. We've got six to look at. This is the first, al- first and only album since the original album that didn't have a polka. So there's just kind of five parodies and then like six originals. So we got a a bunch here, um, mostly pretty good, I would say. Um, a lot of style parodies, so hopefully you've got your guessing hat on. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Left it in my other pants. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. This first one, this one's not a style parody of anything. This one's not that great. Uh, it's called Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White. And it's just kind of about, like, Weird Al having crazy dreams and telling his, you know, doctor about them. It's not that good. Beautiful. That's just weird for the sake of being weird, but not really being that interesting. 
Like it's just having yeah. dreams and saying random things, but it's not even as like clever as like your dream song. That's the song we all love. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty intense intense song. <laughs> That's some wacky stuff we can all appreciate. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> All right, next up, this is a style parody, so we'll see if you can figure out which artist this is a style parody of. Um, this is a great song. I love this song a lot. Um, I guess it helps that I like the band that he's kind of doing a parody of. Um, this is a song called You Make Me. You make me want to hide a weasel in my shorts. You make me want to phone home. You make me want to write a dozen book reports. Some of it's just like it sounds so random, but then there's also just things about like you make me want to do my laundry in the dark and use a recommended bleach. It's like, oh, that's just so responsible. <laughs> Except for the dark part. <laughs> uh, it's like weird by being normal, I guess. <laughs> oh, it's just something you don't hear in a song very often. Just now, do you have any idea who thing. that was? <laughs> yeah. Do you know who that was a style parody of? Nope, but it sounds familiar. <laughs> yep, it's uh, it's a band that uses a lot of xylophones and uh, guitar solo-y type things that sound a lot like that. Um, they're one of my favorite bands. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of one of their songs called Gray Matter that I th- think this song was heavily influenced by and we'll see if you can figure out from this clip what band it is.
forever. And I still don't know. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I thought for sure that would give it away. Nope. Those were the uh, the velvety pipes of Mr. Danny Elfman and Oingo oh, Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. That's definitely, that's why, I, before I even realized that was a style of parody of them, I always liked that song. <laughs> and apparently it makes sense why. Because I like the band that he was kind of doing a thing off of. All right. Um, that works. Next one, this is also a very good song. Um, not a style parody of anyone in particular, but uh, just a good song. Uh, this is one, <laughs> a couple of times on this album, like Weird Al gets kind of weirdly dark. Uh, this is one of them. This is a uh, love song called Melanie, and here it is. Melanie, what can the problem be? Sweet Melanie, why won't you go out with me? to get like a little piece of that beginning part and then I kind of cut to the end of the song there. Uh, <laughs> it's got a really catchy chorus um, and it's just a very <laughs> disturbing song about a guy who fell in love with a girl he was spying on this telescope and then throws himself off a building. Because <laughs> <laughs> she won't go yeah. out with him. <laughs> that one's good. I think I've heard that one as well before. Yeah. I think the first time I ever heard that song was when we saw him back in, like, 1996. I remember him actually doing that song live. I don't think I'd heard it before then, but I was like, man, this is pretty great. I need to find that song. Yeah. All right. Uh, This next one, this one is a style parody. Uh, We'll see if you can figure it out. (laughs) Okay. Um, That's not that great. Um I will say this is a band that Weird Al did do an actual parody parody of one of their songs um, back in like the earlier 80s. Now he's doing a style parody of them. 
This is a song called Velvet Elvis. Um, it's kind of about like, I'm sure you've probably seen like a Velvet Elvis painting. They were kind of big, I guess, in the, I don't know, 70s or 80s. Um, they're kind of like these these certain pictures of like paintings of Elvis that were kind of all the rage for a little while there. Um, it's not that great of a song, <laughs> but I mean, it sounds good enough. It's just not that funny or interesting. Um, here it is. My life, it used to be incomplete. Till I saw what I was looking for at a drive-in swap meet. My life, it won't be the same again. not that great <laughs> parts of the music are kind of interesting but really the overall subject matter and everything doesn't really work very well for a song i gotta say <laughs> um do you have any idea who that was a parody of well my idea which wouldn't make any sense would be 311 but probably not 311 <laughs> no although i can kind of i can see where where you would go with that um I guess these guys were the 311 of their day. <laughs> Which is not saying much. <laughs> to me, the part that gives it away is like the yo, that whole part. Um, I don't know if that helps you any, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a style parody of the police. Oh, I like the police. Yeah. So right. that one's not a great song, but I kind of like that it sounds kind of police-ish. So that's something, I guess. Yeah. Um, this next next one, um, this is uh, it's only about a minute uh, long song. It's pretty short. This one is a style parody as well. I'm pretty sure you'll get this one. Uh, this one seems pretty obvious to me. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure you'll get this because it's definitely a band we'll I know that you will have heard of. <laughs> so I'm pretty much just going to play this one. Uh, I think I cut off a couple of the beginning seconds, but it's mostly all just there. Um, it's basically a, a rap song about the game Twister <laughs> called Twister. Right foot blue. 
All right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all right. Short and to the point. <laughs> uh, do you Thank know God. who that was a parody of? <laughs> Is it Beastie Boys? I know it's Beastie Boys. <laughs> Yay! Um, uh, I was gonna you say did Anthrax it. just for that one song, but <laughs> no, it's the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I'm the man. Sexual organ located in the lower abdominal area. Pizza, 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 pizza. <laughs> the no, only thing hot is the smell of my feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's one more All on this right. album. Uh, this is this is a great song. I really, really like this song. Um, I'll just tell you who this one is. Do you, Alec, are you aware of like James Taylor? Uh, no, not particularly. Maybe. <laughs> okay. He was like uh, one of these singer-songwriter type guys. I want to say he was more like maybe 70s, but I guess possibly 80s. He was kind of popular. Um, he had this like really just soft, soothing voice, and he would just kind of sing these acoustic-y guitar songs that were all, you know, very like nice and, you know, happy and that kind of thing. <laughs> like it's the kind of music I think Uncle Bob used to play it a lot when we'd go over there for Christmas. <laughs> I feel like he oh, was in no. James Taylor a lot. <laughs> so this is uh, Weird Al's version of a James Taylor song, uh, and it's pretty great. Uh, I've actually got two clips. Um, there's three verses. I kind of left out the first verse, but uh, basically it's a song called The Good Old Days, and it's a song about looking back on the, you know the old days and the first verse is kind of about like, oh, you know, uh, back in when I was younger, my mom would be making something in the kitchen and dad would be, you know, doing like, uh, you know, working on the car and stuff. And then he would just be sitting down in the basement, torturing rats with a hacksaw and pulling wings off of flies. <laughs> so it's kind of like okay. painting these like nice, happy country, you know, living pictures and then just ending with horrible things. <laughs> And it's it's just great. I love this song so much. Um, so here is the second verse, where we'll get to hear about a little uh, little store in town. I can still remember good old Mr. Fender, who ran the corner grocery store. Oh, he'd stroll down the aisle with a big friendly smile, and he'd say howdy when you walked in the door. Always treated me nice, gave me kindly advice I don't know why I set fire to his place Oh, I'll never forget the day I bashed in his head Well, you should have seen the look on his face Let me tell you now Those were the good old days Those were the good old days The years go by, but the memories Forgot to fade out. That's all Uncle Bob song. <laughs> he was always setting fires and bashing people's heads in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and this is the the last verse of the song. This is also very good, and like I said, this is the album where he kind of gets dark in places uh, about his his good old days of going to the prom, and here it is. 
Oh, no. I think I messed <laughs> That's up the not clip. That good. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, why does it say it's only 10 seconds long? <laughs> oh, no. Damn it. I must have fucked up cutting that clip somehow. Damn it. But basically it involves well, him. Uh, <laughs> he took this, takes this girl named Michelle to the high school dance and he drives her out to the desert, <laughs> ties her to a chair, shaves off all of her hair, and then leaves her in the desert all alone. And it basically ends with, sometimes in my dreams I can still hear the screams. Oh, I wonder if she ever made it home. <laughs> <laughs> And then he sings about the good old days again. <laughs> it's All so right. fucking weird, but I love it. I love that song. <laughs> Interesting. I, I don't know if I've heard that one. I, I'm going to have to give it a good old listen. Yeah, I recommend it highly. It's uh, it's pretty solid. Um, So, best songs from this album? I'll say you. Um, I can't remember the name of any of them. So <laughs> uh, we had Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White. Uh, nope. You Make Me. Yeah, yes, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that one for sure. <laughs> yeah, that one. It just hit me which one that was. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, Melanie. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's got my vote. So we'll see how this shakes out. Velvet Elvis, I think we're both agreed no on that one. No. <laughs> uh, we got Twister. Uh, yeah, that one's good. I like that one. Okay. And we've got the good old days. Which it sounds like is a yes from you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I will just agree with that one and for sure on that second one. And then you can pick the, the, the that third one between Twister and oh, the man. other one. Twister versus Melanie, huh? Uh... Hmm. Tough call. Um, I think Melanie's too sad. <laughs> it is, but it does have a nice catchy chorus that makes everything all right again. <laughs> all right, we'll go with Twister for now. We all float the pole out to Larry, see if he can weigh in on this. <laughs> All right. See if he has a choice between those two. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've only got about 20 minutes left, so I don't think we're going to be able to do a whole bracket. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, seem very not. doable. <laughs> probably not going to happen. What was the bracket <laughs> surprise? There's going to remain a surprise. Yeah, I'll keep it a surprise. <laughs> we'll do it eventually. Penis. Penis. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> it's a bracket penis. of 32 penises. <laughs> Which one will win? So much penis. 
<laughs> Damn. I don't like this one. It bends to the left too much. Mm. <laughs> Penis. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, let's see. What else is there to talk about? Do you have any previews for top ten board games or any new board games that you've played? Um, let's see. Not really. I got a couple board games during Black Friday. Um, so Ooh. that was a Gouda. Um, here's a fun little thing though that I did the other day. So I uh I got this one game called Horizons, which is kind of like what is called a four X game, space game, sci fi game. Uh, and 4X simply just stands for, to, uh, during the game, you'll be either exploring, exploiting, expanding, or exterminating. Um, so those are the four different things that normally in a 4X game you would do. But for some reason, this game has three of the Xs. It just doesn't have exterminate. So there's no combat between you and anybody at the table, which is okay. But uh, I haven't played it yet, <laughs> but I know how to play it. I understand the rules. I get the concepts and everything like that. And one of the days that I had to wake up extremely early for work, I started laying, oh, yeah. I think I went to bed at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. And of course, I can't go to sleep, so I'm just laying there and laying there and laying there and laying there. And then, this is what I normally call the twilight period, where I'm just stuck in my thought, trying to go to sleep. But I normally just now I'm stuck with a really good idea that I can't get out of my head. And I came up with an idea for the exterminate portion of this game. And I think that it would work so well. And I thought that it would work so well that I, the next day after I got home from work, I straight up emailed the company and I said, Hey, I think I have an idea for your game. <laughs> so it's the first Holy time shit. I've ever done this where I, I email <laughs> a company and I tell them, I think I have an idea for an expansion for your game. So I emailed them. Uh, my thoughts and exactly the rules to put in the combat slash extermination portion of this game. And uh, the president of the company emailed back saying, Hey, I appreciate all your uh, input. I think it's great. I'm going to email this and copy this over to the designer of the game. And then we'll see what he thinks. I was like, Oh shit. So I'm hoping good news, but yeah, it's a simple combat thing to where, so the game is basically, uh, the game's called Horizons, and it's by a company called Daily Magic Games, which is also coincidentally in Seattle. So not too far. Oh, sweet. Neighbors. Yeah. So, you can just show up. Yeah. Like, where's my so elephant? Everybody gets, gets like an <laughs> alien race, and they're, they're, they're that alien race. And then you get different buildings. So you have an energy extractor, a metal extractor, and then uh, you have colonies. And what you're trying to do is explore new regions of this uh, of these different solar systems, and then you're also trying to uh, uh, bring new allies, kind of exploit and bring new allies into your team, so you can uh, have better better turns and better actions at that. But then you're also trying to expand by placing all these different uh, buildings and structures on these planets. So you can harvest more uh, either energy or metal so you can build more buildings, so build more colonies. Um, so my okay. idea for the combat, uh, because everybody can build on whatever planets you want, and the end game scoring usually goes with whoever's got the most like, uh, uh, like buildings or structures on a planet will get this many points. And then for however many structures they have on an entire system, and you can have most of six planets on a system, 
and each planet can hold up to three structures. So whoever has the most buildings will also get some uh, uh, victory points. And then, obviously, the person with the most victory points at the end of the game wins. So my idea for the combat was is everybody's given six identical what are called tactic cards in the beginning of the game. All right. So what you can do, uh, you get two actions per turn, and your actions consist of either pretty much putting new buildings out or uh conspiring and getting new allies or expanding and exploring new planets and all this stuff. But then I would say one more action you could do is uh, a, a combat action where as long as you have a structure on another planet with somebody else, you can combat them. And what you do is you count up the number of structures that you have and then the number of structures that the other person has. And like I said, the most the planet will ever have is three. So I mean, it's not big okay. Most of the time, it might be one against one or one against two. Now, if I didn't play any tactic cards... You're not like complicated math. Two, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I had two structures to their one structure, I would normally win. But you add these tactic cards. And what you do is you choose one of the tactic cards that are labeled zero to five, and you play one of them hiddenly, secretly, rather. Mm. So I place it face down, and then the other person places it face down, and then we both reveal at the same time. And then you take your number on the tactic card, and then you add that to your uh, the amount of structures you have, and that's going to determine who's going to win that combat. Now, the cool thing is, is because they're combat cards, or tactic cards, they're not just like numbers on a card, some of them have cool little uh, abilities. And now, one thing I do want to add is, once you play that tactic card, it goes into a discard pile. So you can't just keep playing five all the time. So it goes into a discard oh, okay. pile, and then you're just stuck with what you have left. But like I said, zero <laughs> to five. Do you only get one five then? Or could you, five, you have randomly? But, oh. No, you, you only get one five. But if you play a zero card, you're saying, hey, uh, the zero call card is called concede. So you're saying, hey, I concede. You guys win this. You, you win this combat. There's nothing I can do to win this. But the cool thing is, is what if they also if put I the play concede? That card, uh, oh, that's that's interesting. I guess nobody would win that combat, so <laughs> nobody would lose. Oh, uh, okay. And then, and then I guess in that in that regard, there would be a tie. So the tie goes to the, the defender. Where, uh, well, whoever wins, I guess. Let me add this: whoever wins, they stay on that planet, and everybody else loses their structures on that planet. So that messes a little bit with the end game scoring. So it's a little bit more strategic instead of just straight up tactics the entire time in the game. But anyways, so if you play a zero card, you concede to the battle and you get to take one of your discarded cards and place it back into your hand. And that's the secret too, which is pretty nice. Um, so you can uh, kind of strategize with that. Or you can play the one tactic card and the one tactic card is called flank. Now, this will only add one to your buildings, but if somebody plays a five, you automatically win that uh, that combat. So, I mean, you're banking nice. hopefully they, they, they're playing a five. If they don't play a five, you've only added one to your score, to your combat score. So it's not <laughs> going to be very good. But if, you, if they play a five, that's going to be like one of those, like, oh, man moments uh, in the game. Um, two, hold on, I can't remember exactly what they all were. I think two, oh, yeah. So two gives you plus one for every energy extractor you have on the uh, the planet or the world. So if you had one uh, energy extractor versus 
two other places or two other structures, you would get one plus one for playing a two plus the two. So you'd have a total of four there. Um, so that's the advantage. So Sweet. you want to play the two when you have more and more energy extractors. But again, you can only have max of three structures on a, uh, a planet anyways. Um, the third thing you can do is if you win with the third card, I think it's called espionage. Uh, if you win with uh, the number three card, you get three victory points or two victory points, just two given mm-hmm. to you, which is really good. But that's kind of like the, the middle of the road. So that's, that's that one. Uh, the four card is, son of a bitch. What is the four card? <laughs> the four card is. That's when you get to build a hotel. Oh, you terraform. Uh, you win the combat, you may discard this world and draw a new one. So, like, in some of the missions that you're trying to complete in the game, uh, you'll need certain worlds in different systems or need maybe certain worlds in the same system that you have uh, structures on. So what you can do is you can draw a new planet card from the bag, and hopefully it's one that you need. And every planet is double-sided. Uh, it's just these tiles. So they're double-sided. And it gives you uh, a better chance to get something that you may need uh, towards a mission. And, and this is like one of those, you may discard this world and draw a new one. You don't have to. Uh, four is obviously okay. a very high number. So uh, you do not have to uh, terraform the world that you're on. And then the last one is just called Big Guns. All it does is it just adds five to your combat score. So it's almost like an automatic win if you play that, but again, you only have the one. So, um, But yeah, that, that was my idea, and I sent it to him. And it's simple, very simple combat. It doesn't slow the game down at all. Um, and I think that it would just make sense to put in there. Either way, I've already got all the cards designed and I put it on Game Crafter, so I'll probably have them sent here to my <laughs> place. Uh, so I can try That's it That's awesome. Out. Yeah. The pleasures of Game Crafter. You're feeding so with I'm their own have, game. Yeah, so either way, I'll have this expansion. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm hoping good news comes out of this. Because it'd be pretty cool yeah. to see what they think. Have to keep us updated if they email you back on that, because that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it could I be know. a new expansion that says thanks to Peter Jank. I know, I know. That's my one hope in my life is if I could just get something in stores that just has my name on it. I don't even give a shit yeah. what it is. They could say Peter Jank's chocolates. <laughs> it's just a box full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dog We called it. We called it Peter Jake's Dumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Which nobody wants. Nobody wants Dumpy. I give it to every one of my ladies for Valentine's Day. They all love it. They go crazy for what Peter Jake's Dumpies. <laughs> dumpy. But yeah, so that's that's my only uh, thing in the game or uh, for board games this week. It's just uh, a game that I haven't played. I'm hoping to play it today. After you and I play some Dice Masters, I'm going to try to get my hair cut if I can't, then whatever. But at about five, I got a buddy coming over uh, who's going to play some games, and uh, I'm hoping to get that one to the table so I can try it out. Actually, play the game. Nice. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Dumpy. So. <laughs> A little bit of dumpy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't really have too much else, I guess, on my side of things. Um, I kind of got a couple, like, uh, Black Friday deals and stuff like that. I've got some pops 
on my way. I'm getting a Jason Pop in lieu of amazing uh, uh, this amazing conquest that we've decided to take on Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. So, those little statues. So I've got one for Freddy already. So Jason will have a Freddy. Yeah, they can fight uh, now. And then to kind of go along with my two coll- or my one collection of like things that I absolutely love. Uh, Pops, uh, I've got a, a Flash one, which is my favorite superhero. And yeah. then uh, I've got a Yugi one, which I didn't even know they made. Oh, Hero, shit. And I'm really excited for that. So Me neither. When I saw that, That's pretty awesome. I was very, very excited. Yeah, I was torn. I was either going to get Blue Eyes, White Dragon, or Yugi. And I was like, fine, that's not even, that's not even a question. I'm just going to get Yugi. <laughs> Yugi. Just you say that all the time. So. <laughs> so excited to have that. Um, but, yeah, not not too much else going on. Got two new board games on their way to me, and then that's it, man. Uh, I think I'm done with all your gifts. I think I'm done with almost everybody's gifts. So expect that. Ah, oh, damn, soon. you're awesome. Yeah, I'm man. still buying tons of shit. I don't even know what I'm going to get my parents yet. I'm going to talk it over with my uh, sister. Hopefully she has ideas. <laughs> oh, nice. Nick and I got my dad a... Uh, automatic starter for his van. So uh, Nick just installed it in his van today. So that way he can actually use it during the winter so he doesn't have to wait halfway through winter using it. (laughs) (laughs) That actually is a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, him and I went half and half on that. And then I don't think I'm going to get to show anything, which is fine with me. And (laughs) uh, I I got beta that squishy bread. So hopefully she doesn't listen yeah. to the podcast, so she won't know what she gets. But she's going to get some <laughs> squishy bread. Yes. Everyone's getting squishy bread, and they're going to love it. Yep. They don't have a choice. They're going to have to have it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good times. I got uh, Sean's kids these little Pokemon things that were, like, maybe $6 off of Amazon. And I was just going to get them that. I was like, oh, this thing comes with like 20-something Pokemon. So it's perfect. So it came in the other day, I think Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday. It was just before Black Friday. And uh, I was looking at them, and I was like, these toys are probably the worst manufactured toys I've ever seen. <laughs> they were so oh, no. horrible. They were like <laughs> the shapes of some of the Pokemon, but they weren't the color of them. They were like discolored. It oh. wasn't like shiny versions either. <laughs> They were just ugly as all hell. Some of them are just... So these were not always pictured terrible. at all? Like, did they have pictures no, that looked totally all. different? Yeah, and I mean, they, they say <sighs> that it's a, an assortment, an assorted amount. So every time you get, like, a handful of these things, it is going to be different. And I knew that. I knew that going in. But the ones that they picture are a lot better painted and a lot nicer to look at. So <laughs> then I was just like, oh, I'm going to have to get his kiss to, uh, maybe something else because I'd feel horrible. <laughs> oh, I can't <laughs> Shitty fucking Pokemon. <laughs> Feel bad inflicting so, yeah. this shit on them. I have to go no, back I to like so eBay and find some of those old Legos. like Burger King Pokemon toys. Oh man, I wish those were great. <laughs> yeah, those are awesome. I was looking at Pokedexes yesterday for some reason, and I remember <laughs> my dad had them. I think I had one of them because he had it at Walgreens. So I think he got it for me. It was an old-school Pokedex that had just a regular 151. And I don't think any of the buttons did anything. Maybe you could put in the numbers, but everything <laughs> else didn't do anything. But I saw the same Pokedex, I think, on Amazon yesterday. It was $199 now. 
Jesus Christ. It just Christ. makes me think to myself, why the hell did I open that? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, I'm a kid, <laughs> yeah. and you're supposed to play yeah, with it. Yeah, and you wanted to play with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's kind of what they're there for. So people like, I would be mad. It would drive me insane if I was a kid and I had this toy I couldn't play with. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, what's the point of having toys if you can't play with them? Well, they're collector's items. No, they're, those are toys. <laughs> I guess that's, what, that's the kind of thing we should be doing now is buying toys that we don't open. Like, now is no, the time to get in on that market. I don't even do that because, like, the pops, those Funko pops that – you buy all over the damn place. You're not supposed to open those. I open up every single one of them, dude. I've got my, uh, I've got Toys R Us exclusive Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter. I open the shit. I open that shit day one. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I still have the boxes. I mean, I'm cool. I got the boxes. <laughs> That's fine and dandy, but they're not in them. They're on my shelf. <laughs> Very happy Didn't and I'm fighting I... Sub Zero and Scorpion. Didn't your dad have, like, some Spawn figures that were, like, in the box? Oh, God, he's got so many of them. I just saw them the last time I was in. <laughs> I didn't realize how many he still had. Really? Damn, they're still in the boxes and everything? Yeah. Oh, man. It's probably sitting on a gold I mine. Have, I have one Spawn figure, and then I've got one Mad Hatter figure, like, action figures. Oh. And they're cool, and they're still in the boxes because I – don't know what to do with them because they come with a bunch of accessories. Those are the old like, <laughs> like actual action figures. I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with all yeah. these accessories? Just makes most sense to keep them in the box. But yeah, those are <laughs> they're also more shit. expensive than everything else. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to do that. Damn, that's awesome. For. Lose my things. But yeah, <laughs> I'm like trying to start a small just collection of things that eventually will turn into just things that I like. Yeah, but, eventually it'll right. be so big that you won't have any room to actually live. <laughs> I'm hoping. I have to keep buying just little full wall of... shelves to put stuff on. <laughs> like I got to buy more shelves because I needed to put Dragon's Bark on display. And then I was like, well, I came with yeah. shelves, so I guess I'll put some of my small games like Create and Death Trap and Retro City Rumble on that shelf. And then I've got like a bunch of Pokemon stuff on another shelf. So, yeah, nice. I'm a giant nerd. And this is why I can't have a girlfriend, because if she comes over, she's going to be like, we need to change this. I'm not going to have a place where all this nerdy stuff's around. I'll be like, that's fine. You can leave. The door's right there. <laughs> this is like our first date. <laughs> why are you talking like this? <laughs> I still don't even know your you name. You don't live here. <laughs> but, oh, classic. All right. That's what I got, though, everybody. I think that's going to be the end of this sweet little dealio because I've got one minute left before I get kicked. So, everybody, I want you guys to have a great rest of your weekend. This is Peter Jenks. That's Kevin Jenks. This is the original Jenksters. And, as always, remember to flip your tip. Bye! Bye!